name is Nathan Anderson. I've been in and out of recovery the past couple of years, but um, I relapsed last summer. I was straight A student all my years growing up, all through high school. I had basically a full ride to Wake Forest University when I left. My entire life, really, has been defined by entertainment. Movies, books, television shows, video games, by stories. When I found drugs, it was just like the the next best thing, um, the next great story, I guess. Um, you know, it just made me feel good, and I didn't have to worry about how boring or shitty the world was. <sighs> Pazuzu, to this day, is the best story. He had, if you will, a twisted sort of charisma, you know, and it's the kind of charisma that's not going to appeal to everyone, but certain minds are, are drawn in by that. The misfits, the outcasts, crazy people, um, people living on the edge, I guess, um, or people who wanted to live on the edge. I never really considered that there might be a little more to that until I started hearing these rumors and these stories about bodies and murder and stuff. When I first met him, we uh, mainly just hung out and chilled around and whatnot, you know, maybe did a little bit of heroin every now and again. You know, just a shit ton of drinking and cut ourselves in each other, you know, maybe drank the blood of a bird or so. You know, just all around having a good time. My name's David Adams. I am an old friend of Pazuzu's. I've known her for a little over a decade. And uh, we used to get into some shit. People would come to Pazuzu's house because they knew it was free range. There was no rules, no anything that you had to abide by. You could piss in his carpet, you could smash a TV, you could hit somebody in the head with a beer bottle, you could throw a knife at his wall. It just didn't matter. You knock on the door and immediately you hear a shit ton of dogs barking. And then Pazuzu answers the door. You're greeted with this smell of just ammonia and urea. It it's just smells like straight urine and, and rotting matter, you know, greets you as soon as that door is opened. He was crazy looking enough, you know, with the long, ratty-ass dreadlocks and all his teeth filed down to a point, which later come to find out he did 
high as hell on meth one day. There was always black metal blaring at ungodly ear-shattering volumes. There was always glass getting smashed, people fighting. This is like dirt and shit, like, it's nasty. People would get so drunk there that human beings would just pop a squat in the corner and take a crap. And God knows when it would get cleaned up or the dogs might eat it or whatever. You walked into his kitchen, it was just like any other kitchen until he opened up his dishwasher. When he opened up his dishwasher, it was filled with serious weapons. <laughs> there was people naked, like it was nothing. He tried to have orgies and trying to manipulate people into having sex and doing whatever they wanted to do. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Nobody's pointing their finger at me. Nobody's judging me. It was just free ride. You know, it's like this mad place where you can act out your darkest and sickest fantasies to no judgment. And actually, I can see the appeal for a generation here who is having a hard time even finding a job. You know, the idea that you can go somewhere judgment-free with no pressure on you, somebody's going to give you drugs and let you behave however you want, there's an appeal to that. He loved filth. Like, he believed it gave him, like, some type of weird power. Everything on the surface was... It was ugly, and it was nasty, but it was fun, it was cool, it was, you know, intoxicating, just like drugs. He was basically like a Charles Manson of Clements. I'm Sylvia LeBeau. I'm related to the situation just by being at the wrong place at the wrong time. He had this thing called fiancés. He had several women followers, Dixie, Crystal, Amber, and he called them his fiancés. That term has always stuck with me, fiancés. He had the sense of power. Power of fear. That's where I think Pazuzu derived most of his power from. Pazuzu would tell me all these crazy stories about, you know, hurting and maiming people. I'd look at him and just be like, okay, buddy, sure you did. You, you sure do. <laughs> Pazuzu, I just felt like he wasn't going anywhere. He's just kind of a shitbag, you know, he just like sat around his house all the time, never wanted to do anything positive. I just feel like I was stuck in a crossroads. A lot of my friends, my peers, were like getting off on heroin and stuff like that. I just wanted to get away from just like the drugs and Winston Salem and get away from Pazuzu. I got my GED when I was 16. Went to the military. And I was a gunner in Iraq. Pazuzu would call me all the time on the phone. He's like, "You killed anyone?" And he wanted to know if I killed anyone in Iraq. I've seen what the world really is like. It's like in a war, dude, nobody's right or wrong in a war. Nobody's good or evil in a war. It's just a different side, you know? But Pazuzu 
he was highly evil. Once you get a drug charge in America, your opportunities have been removed from you. We have a serious problem in this nation about how we stigmatize felons, particularly first-time felons like Josh. You have to take away the morality and you have to take away the judgment. You have to understand him as a human being and the decisions he made that led him to Pazuzu. He had to come up with money to pay for his probation. Really, the only avenues left to him were selling weed and mushrooms. He was driven further and further away from society. So the last time I saw Josh was in July 2009. I came home on Friday, and he was there, and Jared was so excited to see his dad. I kind of stayed out of the way and let him hang out there at the farm. That weekend, I had some friends come over, and we had a cookout. And, uh, and, and Josh made us all pizzas, and we all just, we had a really good time. We had a lot of fun. We left on good terms. And then after that, nothing. 